What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Break the Mold podcast. I'm your host, Zach Peterson, founder and CEO of Tattooed and Successful. Make sure to give us a follow on IG at Tattooed and Successful Co. Today on the show, we have Marcus Graham, Chief of Operations for Tattooed and Successful, former Division I basketball player, high school basketball coach and skills trainer, graphic design artist, and avid entrepreneur. All right, on the show today, we got Marcus Graham. How are you, man? Pretty good. How's it going? Good, good. Thank you for taking some time and stopping in. So Marcus is our COO for Tattoo and Successful, which entails essentially everything. But he's also our graphic design artist and web developer, order fulfiller, errand runner, fire putter outer, all the, all the things, right, bro? Jack, jack of all trades. Jack of all trades. A little bit of everything. Yeah. So you've been with us now for... Oof, almost six months, right? Yeah, yeah, I think about six months right at yeah, the beginning of the year. Like six months too long. <laughs> no, it's been great having you, man. You've made a huge difference for the company, so I appreciate you. It's been fun, man. It's been a great experience, a big learning experience for sure, but, you know, coming over from, you know, kind of your own company and stepping into something, it's, yeah. it's nice. Yeah, it's been fun. It's, it's cool to, to watch you grow, to watch your professional career grow, um, especially when it, I get to be kind of hands-on with it. So watching you grow up and watching your career advance, but also having a hand in us helping each other with our careers growing at the same time yeah. has, has been especially special. That is a terrible <laughs> word. but <laughs> No, I, I definitely agree. It helps when you have other people around you that push to do the same things that you do. And I, I know there's been some mornings when I'm not exactly at the gym all the time, but <laughs> you know it helps to have that guy that encourages you to get there every morning for sure. Yeah, no. Um, it's been it's, – yeah, it is interesting when you hire – it's interesting when you hire your friends or when you work with your friends. Yeah. Um, because there's always that teeter-totter line, right? Like, how big of a dick can you be <laughs> while also still getting some shit done while still still being boys? Yeah. But I think that's one thing that's worked really good with you and me is we have a similar outlook on things where we, we really, really, really just want to get shit done and get better at life and continue to grow and push through things and pursue the things that we're passionate about. And we go about it different ways. Like, I'm a psycho about a lot of things like you know that like yeah. i think that's something that people the more time they spend around me is they don't understand how i get things done but i'm extremely consistent about doing the same repetitive things that i think or i believe not i think i truly believe deep down inside will lead me to more success yeah i, I would agree i think it just it you you kind of find out who are really your friends like are, are is it Am I really your friend? Can you hold me accountable? Can you push me to do the right things? Can you know you still be that person that when something's wrong I can talk to, but at the same time you're going to look at me and tell me when I'm in the wrong. And I think that in the business world that has a large effect because you you can't run a business if you know people are going to make <coughs> excuse me make mistakes and some some things are going to go wrong and you need to be able to look at each other and go, you know this isn't right, this isn't yeah. happening, this isn't working. How do we fix this? How do we move on and how do we move forward? But um, like you said, it, it's a little bit different, you know, being friends and stuff, working together. But at the same time, I think it brings, you know, a great perspective to everything. So. Yeah. 
I think so too. Were you guys? How long were you friends before? Yeah. You brought him on. I was gonna let him tell the story. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> let's hear that story. Honestly, yeah. I think I was I was a seventh grader, gonna be an eighth grader, and I was up playing with one of our sophomore high school teams, and I actually walked into an ox gym, and there was another sophomore that was gonna be on varsity, and so I was two years younger, hoping to be in the same spot that he was eventually. And it just so happens the guy turns out to be left-handed, shoot, and, you know, I don't want to say I, I haven't had as many knee problems as him, but he's getting ready to strap on a huge knee brace. So between those three aspects, it was, you know, kind of like that's, you know, the bigger version of me. And that's when, you know, he started calling me mini-me. And, you know, we just kind of from that, you know, step forward, we'd always been around each other. The My freshman year, I got, you know, moved up to his squad on varsity and, you know, he just kind of looked after me a little bit after that. You know, and a big brother looked after you. Know, a few bruises here <laughs> yeah. and there, but Let's at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, yeah, he always had my back. And you know, we'd been friends kind of forever since. And I'd moved away a little bit for college, but we kind of kept the relationship. And you know, we both have a lot of, like you said, similar goals in life and want to do similar things. I think um, so. Just continue to click and continue to work out well. Nice. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was interesting kind of thinking back on that as I thought about bringing you on this podcast, talking about how we met mm. and how how long we've known each other and what we've what we've done in our in our college careers and then our professional careers has been eerily similar, um, but also vastly different, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think we both had similar upbringings um, in terms of our, our fathers achieved uh, to the highest level of success in some ways. Um, and we're a little bit absent due to that. And so we had very similar kind of lifestyles growing up. So I think that led to a lot of the, uh, outlooks being similar as well. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. So father, of yours is a division one basketball coach what's it like being the son of a d1 basketball coach bro <laughs> uh you know no if, pressure <laughs> yeah none at all um you know it's good you as a kid you it's kind of hard sometimes like you said he's gone he's on the road he's recruiting he's doing different things but then as you get older you kind of appreciate all those things you know all the trips you took all the places you saw the events you were able to go to and you, even now I'm in the coaching world going down to certain tournaments you feel the effects of what I want to he's accomplished all the people he's met all the networks he has um but it, it's good it's good it's it's great you know you, you, like I said as a kid it's tough you, you kind of battle through some things but as you get older you realize that you know it's all worth it it was you know it's great it's where does he coach or where has he coached in the past? Yeah, so uh, for the, those of you that don't know, Marcus's dad was the head coach at Boise State when we were growing up. So oh, really? Back in the mid-2000s. Yeah. Um, and before that, he was at... He was at Oregon. When I was born, he was at St. Mary's. So I lived in California for four years, and then he was the assistant at Oregon for five years. So we lived in Eugene. Then he was at Boise State for nine then he was at Bradley, and then he was at Washington State. Now, he has more of a track record before St. Mary's, before I was born, but it's a little bit you know, yeah. here and there. So, Yeah. <laughs> wow. And your dad was a stud in college. Yeah. Uh, honestly, uh, he <laughs> getting recruited out of high school, he was in Ohio. So my grandma used to always talk about him having letters from basically everywhere. Um, but then he ended up deciding to go to University of Oregon. Um, but... 
he's I think he said he started a little bit his freshman year, most of his freshman year, and then his sophomore year um, started to see his minutes kind of dwindle. His team was uh, actually pretty good. They split with the John Wooden teams four and four. They ended the 79 game home winning streak at UCLA. Damn. Um, yeah. So he I think one of his teammates was the sixth pick in the draft. The other guy who ended up playing in front of him uh, was a lottery pick as well. So, um, you know, he's he's got quite quite the track record there at Oregon for sure. He actually just gave me a book the other day on the team. They're called the Kamikaze Kids is what they're known as during that era. The Kamikaze Kids? Yeah. They're, yeah, they're might. pretty well known. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Something okay, different. so I got a question. Mm-hmm. Greg in his prime. Yeah. Pops. You in your prime. First one to 11. Me. Ooh. I weigh my dad by 40-something oh, pounds. Okay. You're, so you're saying your prime's now? No, no. Back okay. Even back then. My dad was like, he talks about going to college at 140, 145 pounds. Wow. So like me. Yeah. Skinny. Yeah. Skinny. Yeah. Just like you. Yeah. I was the tiniest kid. So <laughs> those of you that don't know, for those of you that follow either me or Marcus on social media, I was dripping wet maybe 140 coming out of high school. <laughs> maybe. So 90 pounds ago. Maybe. Yeah. Just ninety, just a cool ninety. Yeah, I yeah. think I think I had you guys beat. I was a cross country runner. Oh, oh yeah, one twenty five. Straight out. Straight out. Of <laughs> how tall were you? There's the winner. Five nine. Yeah. See, I was. I was, I was bones, about man. six foot. I was <laughs> six foot. Six foot one thirty five. Okay. Just string so, bean. So I, now, know what, I know what that was like. Then. Yeah. <laughs> that was the number one problem with every college recruiting me out of high school was, does he eat or lift weights at all? <laughs> No, I I ate so much food, but just couldn't put on weight, yeah. and I refused to lift weights. But I have a feeling you eat the same type of meal plan my high school kids now. It's a lot of McDonald's. No, Subway, I didn't. I even Limpy. went to I went to a dietitian in high school. This is way off topic, but I went to a dietitian <laughs> in high school and got put on like a five, I think five k a day. Jeez, Michael Phelps. Um, <laughs> diet and like pounding insures and boosts and all those things and then remember senior year i got kidney stones i remember that oh really yeah and they think the cause of the kidney stones was all the mineral deposits from all those shakes yeah oh i bet Mm -hmm. i the my favorite diet when i was in college my coach said go get a box of vanilla wafer cookies and a jar of peanut butter one of those a day so a box of cookies and a jar of peanut butter to put on weight? To no, to sustain. Because that was right before I was going to like nationals to race. Mm-hmm. That's all you got? No, that was on top of what I was eating already. Oh, Every night he was like, You have to put these in because you just need the cows. Yeah. I just need calories. Oh. That was my favorite diet. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Love that stuff. Yeah, I was going to I was eating like two foot longs a day, double meat, just, just putting down so as much bad. food as I could, the insures, the boosts, like two two to three of those a day. And yeah, by like three or four months in the diet, I started getting all this like low back side pain. Ouch. And it was right during basketball season. And so I played a whole season with kidney stones. It was awesome. I was getting sick every halftime. You remember? Yeah, it was a nightmare. Yeah. I just, wow. yeah. And I used to, in this, like during the game, I would just wrap my jersey as tight as I could around me just to kind of squeeze <laughs> and like alleviate some pain. Oh, man. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Fun times. Loads of fun. So you, what was your college like, man? You went, you graduated Timberline 2011, Boise, Idaho, and you went 
where first? I went to a prep school in Las Vegas called Impact. It was okay. a basketball academy. Um, it was actually pretty sweet. We, the NBA lockout was during that season, so there was 100 NBA guys down there. I got to play open gym with some of them, work out with some of them, you know, meet a lot of them. Um, so that was pretty sweet. And then I went to uh, junior college in Illinois for two years. I, I didn't have any offers or anything coming out, so I went to an open gym where my brother's AAU team was playing the junior college, and that coach ended up offering me after that, and I ended up going there because they were the only school that would give me a scholarship. So I went there for a couple years. Um, did le did fairly well. A little humble brag. What was that I was, school? Uh, Lincoln Land <laughs> Community College. <laughs> yeah, I heard a lot of Lego Land jokes. Yeah, um, it's like the Lincoln Logs. I had yeah, those. Yeah, that too. The Lincoln building the little yeah. house of steel. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I was all American there. Um, my dad ended up going getting a job at Washington State, moving back here. So I decided to walk on there at Washington State, and then I s had signed at Seattle Pacific to go for my last two years. And decided about a week beforehand that I was done playing basketball and wasn't going to go. So that was the end of that. And uh, finished up school in St. Louis at a school called Lindenwood um, with a degree in accounting, um, which I use a little bit, I guess, for some business purposes, but yeah. not so much. Of a I remember that. I remember that phone call. What? Calling you? Quitting. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. remember. It was tough, but it was, I think yeah. it was the best decision at the time. So it was the right decision. Yeah. It was tough, but it was definitely right. You were, you were emotionally exhausted from being physically exhausted. I think so. I think so. Like you just, I remember hearing your voice thinking about like this dude is just, he was just gassed. <laughs> he was done. He yeah. had checked out and it was, it was, you were just burnt out. Like basketball had been your entire life for 18 years at that point. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't fun like it just yeah. wasn't a fun environment and like I love my teammates at Washington State still talk to them to this day but it's just you know it just wasn't as fun as it, it used to be and right you know now getting back into coaching definitely fun love being around my kids love being around the guys can't wait to get to practice most days so it's good it's an entirely different feeling yeah and then professionally you've started with a bunch of different kind of odd jobs <laughs> yeah I mean right after college you did. Um, you started, let's see, when did you start good game after college? So you about a year, right? Talk about that, man. Tell me about that. Uh, I started a video game apparel company, kind of a little bit like tattooed and successful. I'd like to think, um, just not as successful, <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, it was me and my buddies. I've always been a big gamer, you know, Twitch streamer. If you guys want uh, check out the stream slash Marcus Aurelius, uh, on Twitch, but um, you've always been a gamer guy. I always liked, you know, it's kind of like a hobby that I, we had on basketball trips that I picked up. Actually, I picked it up from a tournament uh, when I was about in fifth grade. They'd only let the two kids who won stay on the Xbox. And so I got an Xbox about a, a month later. And from there on out, I was one of those two kids. <laughs> so I kind of just grew from there and, you know, still have buddies that play to this day. And, you know, esports is kind of blown up a little bit. So we thought it would kind of be the right time. But, you know. Um, not it, every great idea works. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it was a good entry business. I think I learned a lot of things, you know, um, experienced a lot of things and just kind of set the path towards where I need to be and where I want to go. But it was just, it felt more of like a stepping stone than something permanent. Um, but you know, definitely, definitely gave me a good perspective on where, where I want to go and what I want to do. Right. And that's, that's probably your beginnings in graphic design, right? For sure. Yeah, it's it definitely started there. Now, 
I always liked drawing and stuff. Back in the day, I used to joke in, I think it was seventh grade art class that I'd start a company called Yo Products. And there was this Y-O I used to draw all over the place. Um, and then I still, you know, you've seen me bring four or five of those art pieces I had when yeah. I had drawn in junior high that I still had in my bin. So drawing's yeah. always been a little bit, and I like art, and you know I'm OCD, so I yeah. love patterns and yeah. making things look nice and sharp. So it was, it was perfect. I think that's why your graphic design and you working with us has been so helpful or it's been so smooth or seamless, I guess, would be the better way to say it, is because that's kind of what we like is is the minimalistic, the modern, clean lines, clean look, and yeah. that's your your aesthetic, really. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah. So without throwing you off a bridge and embarrassing you, you have <laughs> zero tattoos, and you work at Tattoo and Successful. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? Yeah, keep in mind I've offered to pay for them. And anybody listening that just heard that, no, I will not pay for yours. <laughs> yeah. They get to sub me out and get them. Yeah. No. So let's hear. So what are you going to get? I know I know you have it planned. I know you have ideas. I know you have pictures saved. I know you who you want to do it. So let's for everybody else, let's hear what you're going to do. Man. Well, I know for uh, first I want it. I don't know how to say it correctly. I don't think it's in Greek. It says it's cervici. And it means keep going in Greek letters. So I want to get that on the right side of my ribs. And then I want to have a full superhero sleeve that starts on my chest and back, moves up my shoulder, a little bit of my collarbone, all the way down. I haven't decided whether my left or right arm yet. Um, I'm probably going to go with my left arm just because. Um, I don't know. It feels. I'm afraid to touch my left arm because that's the arm I shoot with and dribble with all the time. But... I don't know. We'll see. I got I got some good ideas. Um, I ha obviously the Joker, both Jokers, Batman, Superman, Thor, Loki. You know, I gotta figure out how I'm gonna fit Thanos in there, even though he's a pretty big dude. Iron Man, Captain America, that type of thing. And then I'll probably put some nods on some of the characters for my family. You know, some small, slight, slight differences that you'll be able to see and people will be able to see, but you won't be able to tell right away. So you should put like the University of Oregon O somewhere for your dad. Yeah, to be honest, I, cool. I didn't want to share this too early, but I'm going to have Superman kind of like ripping his S in half, and on the inside I have my dad's jersey, an Oregon oh, jersey. Oh, that'll so. be sick. That's, That's yeah. going to be awesome. Yeah, Are you going to yeah. design the graphics for your own tattoo? I don't know. I'm not a big drawer, and they're superheroes, so it's kind of... I'm, I don't know. That's tough. I'm not. I don't know if that's up my alley, but I picked out a guy I've heard who's pretty good at doing tattoos. So oh, I, I would think that yeah. he could, you know, whip up something if I if I gave him the ideas. Who are you gonna have do them? Uh, hopefully Steve. Steve Butcher. We'll see. I'm gonna join the Butcher gang. <laughs> that'd be right. that'd be sick. Yeah. Black uh, color, black and gray. Uh, probably color. Probably yeah. color. I'm not sure, but probably color. Just because of the superheroes and yeah. all the stuff and the lightning, and I think color would be... That would be sick. So I wish sick. I could do color. <laughs> just, why can't you do color? Every time I've... So I've done a couple test spots. It just doesn't, doesn't hold that well. Huh. My family is Swedish and white as can be, but I'm the only one that gets tan in my family. Okay. And for some reason, like, color just, color just doesn't really hold. So I did a couple of test spots and then blacked it out over the top. But yeah, it just doesn't hmm. doesn't hold quite like I'd like it to. And I'd be I'm just like he is. I'm really OCD and I'd be going back and getting it touched up so much. <laughs> and for that on a whole sleeve, that'd just be yeah. what every week I have a touch up. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to go with the black and gray instead. Yeah. 
Color, color, I think would look awesome with that. Yeah. Oh yeah. That'd be pretty impressive. Yeah, and he's Casper over here, yeah. so it'll look. I got good. a great canvas. So. <laughs> yeah. That's why. I, that's what Jay and I used to always say: is there's a lot of canvas. When people would ask what, when we're gonna stop or how many more we're gonna get, and it's like I got a lot of canvas left, guys. It's a lot of surface area, and if I just keep lifting weights and eating, the surface area gets bigger, <laughs> more room, zero problems. All right, man. So. What is what is one of the things that you find to be the keys to your personal success? Not not necessarily keys to success for other people or keys to success for businesses or anything like that, but what is one of the things that you find to help you be the most successful in, in life or in work? I'd say being positive. I'd say I've I've have a pretty pessimistic mindset and a pretty I want to say driven, but I have high standards. And so I think sometimes I get caught up in, you know, what I haven't done versus what I have done and just staying positive all the time and understanding that, you know, you don't need to be a millionaire at 28 driving a Lamborghini already, man. Yeah. Like you can still get to the spot you want to be and you can still be happy in the current moment, even though you have goals that might exceed what you're doing right now. Yeah. Um, but I think staying positive on a daily basis and even on a small task basis, like they always talk about letting, you know, five seconds ruin your entire day. And I used, I felt like I used to be one of those people that's like, well, someone set me off this morning. That's it. I'm, yeah. You know, that's something I'm, I'm working on big time too. Cause I'm similar in that way. It's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to yeah. understand, especially everywhere you turn and, you know, you turn on the radio and it's sad songs. You look on the internet and it's a sad video and you turn on the news and something else bad happened today. And it's just like you can look for a problem if you want to. You can find a new problem every single day, but mm -hmm. you can also find a solution every day. And, you know, it's it's your choice to find one over the other. So, yeah, I like that. That's not what I thought you were going to say, but I like that. <laughs> what do you think I was going to say? <laughs> uh, you knowing me. <laughs> let's see. outworking people maybe i don't know yeah yeah i'd say that i mean that definitely helps you know working harder than other people for sure yeah but i feel like it's one of those things i don't know i don't know what i thought you were gonna say i guess <laughs> but that isn't what i thought it was gonna be hey it's all right that's good that's the answers i want um what was uh what was some of the goals that you think that that helped you in the last two three years kind of keep putting one foot in front of the other because you had some struggles with that person with the with your business but you still kept pushing through you still found ways around it you still found ways to start pursuing graphic design to keep doing the twitch thing like a lot of people that that struggle in entrepreneurship um including myself we i think we all tend to see start to think like you know what maybe th maybe this isn't for me maybe i am maybe i am the guy that just stands in line and does does the thing that the boss tells me to do and i i don't have anything bigger bigger set out for myself than just doing these simple tasks and things like that so what do you what do you think those those some of those goals that you've set that have allowed you to keep kind of pushing through these these early mid-20 roadblocks that i think even more so than any other people athlete ex-college athletes struggle with more so than any other demographic because most of our high school and college life was completely arranged for us yeah i, th I think like we had zero thought process in what we were doing we yeah, didn't have to think we just showed up yeah i think you struggle with you, as an athlete you struggle with your identity you wonder sure. who you're going to be after basketball ends if i'm not 
a basketball player, then who am I? Right. If I don't and, have a ball, what do I do? Yeah, exactly. Or how do people know me? How do like even for me is how do you make friends when basketball is done? Like I, I'm not used to. I don't have to go introduce myself to people. I'm built in wherever I go with a friend group, and if they know people, they know people, and usually they know yeah. you know ten other athletes. Every other year teams. you inherit ten best friends. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, but I'd say, you know, I don't want to say there's a certain goal. Um, I just. <laughs> I don't want to say I felt like I've always been, I don't want to say bred for it, but I, f I feel like I'm going to be successful. Like I, There's never been a doubt in my mind that I'm going to get something right at some point if I keep trying. I fucking like that. And I, I, I like that. I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't want to say it's a goal or trying to make a certain amount of money. It's just like at some point, if you keep working hard at the things you love, things are going to pan out. And if you just keep going, you're going to be fine. But it's, I mean, I just, I feel like it's just a matter of time. I don't know when it's going to happen or when it's going to click, or maybe it's not one of those things that, you know, suddenly it clicks. It's a day-to-day -day daily process. Like Kobe used to talk about, yeah. you're, you're in love with the grind. That is the dream, getting up every day, doing those things. And so it kind of, you know, I, I don't want to say I kind of felt like that, but it's just like, I, I don't doubt at any you know, at any moment that I'm going to get where I want to be. See, that's my obsession. Like, I'm obsessed with just getting up and getting as much, you know this, yeah. but I am obsessed with getting up, going to the gym, and getting shit done. Like, I, I, I hate that the trust the process from Embiid has become a slogan <laughs> after Kobe kind of made it one, but I love the process of it sucking, like embracing the suck, embracing when it just is not that fun. Because that's where, like, growth happens. That's where little golden gems are found. That's where success is bred, you I have, think. You have to learn to, like, I think it's saving that says learning to be uncomfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. You mm -hmm. have to learn to push through that pain and yeah. getting Embrace up early. Embrace the suck. Yeah. Getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. I think those are, I think of the reason, I think the reason I became obsessed with that is because I got hurt so much. Yeah. Like, you know, like how many times I've gone through rehab from sports injuries is just crazy. I'm, I'm set to have ACL reconstruction and my other knee worked on at the same time in three weeks for my fifth and sixth knee surgery <laughs> at the age of 30. Embrace the suck. Embrace suck. And it's like... Literally embrace it. Someone the other day... The other, <laughs> God. Yeah. Can't wait to be back and embrace. But the other day, someone was like, whoa, man, all that rehab. And I was like, oh, I'm ready for it. I love it. I'm excited. It's going to be a great opportunity for a comeback. It's going to be a great opportunity to learn more about myself. It's going to be a great opportunity for the days where I wake up, my knee is swollen, I don't want to do things, and I'm going to do them because I know that pushing through those things, that's not. it's not a monetary thing. It's not going to help me make more money, but it's going to make me tougher. It's going to make me more resilient, and it's going. it could lead to those things that you do push through and find an idea, find a thought, or even something simple as push through, and now you have the ability to what which is my favorite thing about tattoo and successful was to create something that people have something to attach to yeah right was it like that with your first major injury or is that a process that you kind of gained over the course of let's say a few injuries or a few rehabs i think it's over the over the process of it it definitely wasn't the first one mm -mm. because my first knee surgery was in high school so i had my first knee surgery like junior year of high school and then i had another one senior year and then i had another one senior to freshman year of college and then i had another one junior year of college so and it is a process yeah the process of being put back together a little robo over here <laughs> but no i think it's just that 
unless you've experienced it, it's kind of hard to explain, but you just, your shit is broken. (laughs) There's nothing you can do to get it back quicker other than do all the little right things. And that's kind of life in a nutshell is you can't get to the end spot. You can't skip shit. Like, and if you don't, what happens? You just you tear it again and you're right back to yeah. square one, just like life. You end up in the same scenario you were in the first time. Yeah, and so I think it it has a lot of what would you call it similarities to life is going through these rehabilitation processes for injuries, and I think that's where my not necessarily all my work ethic came from, but that's where I think my work ethic was has been refined, and where where it's been instilled in me is through those things, especially with that the so what was that three years ago. When I went to Utah? Yeah, three years ago I went to Utah to train to play football and was headed to go play up in Canada and tore my groin down in Texas at the Spring League. And going through that rehab and getting so close to a dream, having it taken away from you for an injury, and then having to go through that rehab process knowing that you'll never make it back, but you still need to do it to enjoy the rest of your life. So the end goal was unattainable. I wasn't going to get back to where I wanted to be. But I still had to go through the rehab process to live a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so I was getting up every day, going and doing the rehab, going and doing the training, going and doing the weights, even though I knew I wasn't going to get to go where I wanted to. I think that that's the getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Definitely doing something you don't want to do. Yeah, I think doing <laughs> doing stuff you don't want to yeah, do. Yeah, I think doing stuff you don't want to do a lot of times is where you learn a lot, too. 100%. You should be doing something you don't want to do every day. Yeah. For sure. Just for discipline. Yeah, I agree with that. What was the what was the best book or podcast you've read this year, man? And you can do audiobook cuz I cheat. I don't read. Book or podcast. Who reads? Why would you read when someone can read it to you? <laughs> now, <laughs> so as a Seriously. teacher, don't, don't tell that to the kids. Yeah. Yeah. This is not but approved I'm for, with you. <laughs> for Mr. Hamlin's class. No. This podcast is not approved for Mr. Hamlin's class. No. Um, <laughs> I, I audiobook just because it's convenient to, as you're, like, I'm driving to work or whatever. Yeah, you can do a thousand things while you're listening to yeah. a book versus yeah. physically sitting down and reading. But then I usually, when I, I come home and then I'll kind of pick up where I left off in the book or mm-hmm. the ebook of it. More power to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of books. I will say the last book I read was the one I gave you that you never gave me back, which is Make Your Own Bed. Yeah, it's still sitting right next to my bed. Yeah, and that's one of the things... I make my bed, though, every morning. It is one... <laughs> that's that. That's a David Goggins book, right? That's David Goggins, right? No, no. his is... Um, no, who's Make Your Bed? No, his is Can't Hurt Me. That's a good book. Can't Hurt Me. I've that heard it's awesome. amazing. Yeah. See, I like Goggins, but I also think that he's uh, kind of one of the problems, like you talked about earlier, Marcus, with the the looking for that perfect perfect life or striving for the million dollars and things like that. Is he has this just he has an unattainable work ethic. Oh, that guy's insane. Yeah, and I think people actually think they can do that, and you can't. And I him preaching that you need to do it is well. 
I think you have to have the right mindset to read his book. You cannot read his book and think that you're going to do what he's going to do. It's like reading Michael Jordan's biography and be like, yeah, let me just pick up a ball. I'm good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can do it too. Just free throw line to the root. Who? No problem. I'll just... I think it, I think it applies to certain groups of people just like it does. Most motivational speakers do, you know, like when you hear certain people talk, you relate to others more than them. And he's, you know, been through some from through some scenarios that I've heard of and never read, but that I could never oh, he's, relate to he's and never crazy go through. The and, things he's gone through with the military. Yeah. yeah. So there's no way that, you know, like you said, there's any way to replicate that. You, you just take what I feel like you just take what you can learn from him and yeah. you know, kind of go from there. But I, I wouldn't say in the past year that I've had a huge, you know, like mind blowing book or podcast. The biggest book that will forever change my life. One of my teammates, Brett Bass, um, big time. Well, I think he's still an entrepreneur, was a big time entrepreneur back in college, did the big verb thing back in high yeah. school and all that. But he had me read a ditch, uh, a, a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad yeah, by Robert. Yeah. Uh, can't think of his last name. But it just the book just talked about having money work for you and not you working for money. And so that you're not spending your time, all your your time doesn't relate to money. Robert money. Kiyoski. Kiyoski is his Kiyosaki? Oh, Lord. Yeah, I don't know how to say his last See, name. See, I really can't read, guys. <laughs> Audiobooks are for you, huh? Yes. <laughs> But yeah, he that book right there just it just changed my outlook. It just made me understand yeah. like you know what I get making money, but why am I making money for somebody else? Right. Why am I on someone else's time? Why am I, you know, just, I don't want to say slaving away, but slaving away for somebody else that I don't believe in. I don't believe in their mission. I don't believe how they act. I don't believe in what the company stands for. It's, it's that's the thing. So I can get a paycheck at the end of the day, and you know. Yeah, that's the thing for me. And we talked about this on our last podcast. If you listen to that, was. I have to do work or I have to do my job and it has to bring other people something to attach themselves to, which is what Tattooing Successful does. It gives people a group. It gives people an identity, something that they can feel a part of. I have to do something that allows people to do that or I have to do something that gives back to people in some way. So that's like like I'm trying to start a nonprofit. I'm trying to start a gym. I'm trying to start a car company. All these things that... Like when we've all seen it, when somebody gets a new, like, and we all know it, even if it's a used car, when somebody gets a new car to them, that type of feeling is, you cannot replicate that with anything else. What people can change in their lives at a gym, you can't replicate that anywhere mm -hmm. else. What people that have no group to identify with and feel like they don't know who they are, and then they associate with Tattooed and Successful, and they become friends with other customers or ambassadors reach out and comment on their posts or their tattoos what that does for people i have to be associated with those things that's the only way that i get fulfillment in my life but yeah i think every business in a way starts off as a service no matter what you look at it as they're trying to help someone else accomplish something right and i feel like well, you see it a lot in today's business. A lot of companies have gotten away from that. It's about making money. It's about making a profit. It's about, you know, giving those dividends to shareholders. And it's, it, it honestly sucks. It's like, where did, where did we go? What happened to, you know, treating people the right way so that, you know, they can accomplish something and we can accomplish something. But, um, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I think you knew that about me, though. Yeah. About why I like to do this. Yeah. Yeah, but I always talk about that because I think it's funny because, like, we talked about that with Jamie on the last episode is that I don't think anybody that doesn't know me personally would think that. 
You don't know. <laughs> I, 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 it's one of those things. Like it, it's a. I mean, yeah, I think you, you and base I get, it off your social. You yeah, know, people base what they what know they me see. for is on Instagram. Yeah, and it, yeah, and every you, you have to realize that every person, every person that you know has a different Zach in their head. Right. You know, like to me, my Zach is different than his Zach, and you know, Jimmy's in South Dakota that he's seen on seven Instagram photos. That's that's Zach to him. That's all he knows. He doesn't. You know. Why is it always Jimmy? I don't know. I like the name yeah. Jimmy. Jimmy's common, I guess. <laughs> it's, just, it's a good name. Simple. Be, be John, you know. <laughs> but. <laughs> so, we talked about Good Game a little bit. So, Good Game was a little apparel company for for the gaming community. Mm-hmm. What do you think the biggest lesson you learned from a failing failing project was? Um. Biggest lesson, uh, probably just to keep more of a process, you know, keep things more defined. If you're going to do certain things, you know, write them down, have a process, get them done. If you're going to get rid of things or move on or whatever it is, then define it. Don't string it along. Don't, you know, when something you've decided something, let that be it. So you think your biggest lesson you learned was to solidify your intentions essentially yeah be firm about what you believe be firm in your decisions be firm in you know how you're going to go about things and then when you say you're going to do them go do them yeah you know if you're going to do this for the business and or i'm going to do this for the business then i need to go do them and and get them done and you know if you're not then that's okay i think that's maybe the one thing i've realized the most too is if people aren't going to or people and you or life isn't going to do, then that's okay. It's going to happen that way. Things aren't always going to work out, and that's perfectly okay. I like that. Hmm. It's an interesting take on it. Yeah, I like that too. I think coming from the outside, watching it, mm-hmm. um, being very close with you and watching the business have its ups and downs, it's interesting to hear that that would be your take on it. But it was it was... It was always something I wondered. You got you guys kind of had a little bit of a shotgun approach to it, is what I say. Is it was like, oh, we're going to do this, hey, we're going to do this, hey, we're going to do this, and I think you can do that a lot. We do that a lot here at Tattoo and Successful, but there's a little bit more thought process behind it when we do it, and then when we do it, we follow through. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the biggest thing. It's like we're going to do these things, no thought process, not a lot of follow through. Yeah, got to have both if that's what's going to happen. So. Right, but that goes back to what we said: is doing all the little things is how you. 100%. And get somewhere. It's always the little things. Always. I tell my basketball players that all the time. Really? Literally. Yeah. I, our guys the other night, they were laughing because before you come set a ball screen, you have to raise your hand, like universal yeah. ball screen sign. Yeah. Every time they don't do it, I stop the drill. Every time. They don't go shoulder to shoulder, stop the drill. It doesn't matter to me. You can miss it. Go ahead. Beep. Restart. Every single time. So. Got to practice. You You fall back on what you know, right? Yeah. So in a game, you, then you don't you, think. Yeah, you don't have to think. You this is what I do. Yeah, the yeah. best players 100%. aren't thinking. Yeah, you don't have time. Bro, LeBron have half is a second. Yeah, LeBron is not out there going. Hmm, what should I do here? <laughs> <laughs> You're just playing because you've practiced it, you thought about it, you visualized it a million times, and that's why. And that goes back to just doing the little things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same with the business. Getting yeah. all stuff done. Checking your website, going through it, uploading stuff, making sure the right size, making sure stuff's ordered. I got to ask you this. How is working for a company that stands for something, 
when you don't have any tattoos. <laughs> I've always I haven't even asked you this off camera. I've always wondered it's like like is it why have you felt so comfortable working for us? Is it the idea behind it? Yeah, I think it portrays a good message, and I think it's a message that doesn't just apply to tattooing and successful. There's a lot of people who judge a lot of people in this world for things that they do that don't affect anybody. Right. And tattoos, like, you have a tattoo. What does that have to do with me? What does that have to do with what type of person you are? It exactly. doesn't. It no, has nothing zero. to do with anything. It has to do with what you love. That's Right. And to me, that's, I mean... That's the whole goal, right? You want someone to love themselves enough to do whatever they want all the time. Now, obviously, you know, not hurting other people in the right. process, but you want those people to be happy. So the message that it stands for is, like you're saying, you're trying to change the stigma behind how tattoo people are viewed. What I mean, for me, that's it's a great reason. It's a great cause. And on top of that, my, you know, my dad being a college coach and being a basketball guy was still one of those guys. When I tell him I'm going to get tattoos in a sleeve, he still kind of looks at me and gives me that funny, weird look. But it's just like that's, you know, I don't want to say where he's from and his age, but it is both of those. And so, you know, seeing all his players and seeing his guys and being around guys that grew up with tattoos and, you know, I thought, it, I mean, you can ask him when we go to Mexico, you bet I tried to get one of those ones that was yeah. on for, you know, the permanent tattoos that's that, on for like I, seven, eight days. I always got the hennas when we were in Vegas one, for AAU. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, yeah. you know. Always. So, do you let them just draw on your hand like they normally do, or you have them no, put I, like a palm I tree on? always got the Jordan sign. <laughs> of course. Like who? Of course. What Hooper isn't gonna get that? It's like well, I, I used to get the like the barbed wire or something like that, or you know, <laughs> <laughs> I was really strong back in the day. So yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It's got a great message. It's got a great message. As love, does break the mold. Yeah, I mean they're kind of partnered up, right? As I'm yeah, looking at that, break yeah. the molds are Jordan brand of tattooing successful. There you go. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. It's just a sub brand of the of tattooing successful. Initially, it was just a tagline, and then people really had some attachment to it. Um, and so we kind of, we subbed it off a little bit, but they're one and the same. I, I love it because um, it's what Tattooed and Successful is doing, essentially. It's our just do it. You know, yeah. like Nike has just do it. It's our just do it. It's could be its own brand. It could be its own brand, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's 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 not just break the mold of the tattoos. It's break the mold for whatever constraints are put on you in your life. Right. So it's the the teacher that told you you wouldn't do anything. It's the coach that said you couldn't go play at this college. It's the job that fired you for pushing the envelope. It's the it's all those things. It's continue to go strive for strive for more to push through the the limitations. Yeah. And do the little things. The little things. There's your other tagline. <laughs> right? <laughs> so we kind of have two questions that we're always going to do on here. Okay. First one is, what is the best piece of advice you got? And what is the worst piece of advice you got? I would say the worst piece of advice is go as hard as you can. And I used to hear this from a basketball perfect perspective and a life perspective all the time that everyone was so focused on just going as hard as you can all and just you know grind and it's it's one of those things it's like yeah it's it's great go go hard but at the same time you need to slow down and understand you need enjoy to understand life. it will enjoy life understand what you're going through and stand understand what you're going hard for why are you going hard what are you going hard for how hard are you going how hard should you go really just understand i guess 
like your pace, I guess, your life pace. And same with, you know, in basketball, there's a pace to the game. And it's like, I, I hate to bring up a ton of basketball, but you watch guys like Luca and Chris Paul. And mm -hmm. you wonder how they dominate the game because it's not like they're fast. They're not athletic. They're not. I mean, I haven't seen Chris Paul dunk a ball yet. And little, so it's little just chubby little bunny rabbit looking dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like, but he's got the dad bod on lock. Yeah, exactly. But somehow he gets it done. And oh. you just see other people like that in life, like other people who do business or, you know, it's like sometimes you think that you need to you follow some of those entrepreneur channels on IG or something and you need to work from 8 a.m. Mm -hmm. till 2 a.m., sleep for four hours, eat two raw steaks in the morning, mm -hmm. and then, yeah. you know, you're off. But, I hate that. you know, you can you can slow down. You, everybody kind of has their own level, and as, as long as you're enjoying it and you're enjoying your level, then I think you're going at the right pace. Yeah. So I'd say the worst is probably just go hard. Okay. Um, I like that. The best... I don't know. I feel like there's so many different things that or, I've learned. I guess maybe not just best piece of advice, but what's like uh what's a quote or a piece a little tidbit of information that you kind of hold on to that's one of your your go-to re-inspiring statements the, or things like that. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. That's kind of my dad's thing. It's, you know, like being in the college basketball world Make and the right play, do the right yeah, thing. Yeah, do, do the, the right little thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's like just that. he will and he's always caught up in, you know, basketball. It's like, well, I could have cheated. I could have recruited. I could have paid guys money, but I didn't. That's not how it's supposed to be. That's not what you do when you're given the chance. So, you know, just same thing with business. When you're given a chance to do the right thing and you're given a chance to help other people and, you know, push other people or, you know, try and get them to that next level, you do that. And even even sometimes if it comes out a little bit of a sacrifice for you at the end of the day, you're helping someone else grow. And in turn, that's going to help you grow as a person. So, I think, yeah, I like that a lot. Just do the right thing. Then that came from your dad? Yeah. Yeah, it's his big thing. Just do the right thing. Always. I think Boise State still misses your dad. I know the <laughs> I know a lot of the boosters still do. I won't yeah. throw anybody out. I don't know bus. if we miss Boise State, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. The Fairweather fans. Okay, second question. What's the worst tattoo you've seen? Yeah. Shoot. Uh, and start thinking, Dusty, because you're up next. Okay. All right. Worst tattoo I've ever seen. Like in person or like online? Ooh, either. Okay. Online, I would just, I'm OCD, so ones that aren't drawn well. Just, I, I, I don't have anything in particular, but if it's not like, it doesn't look like the art. Like, I, there was one that I think it was like a baby's thumb or something, and it was, didn't mm. look like a baby's thumb at all. And uh, hands, <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking about. Hands can, <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> hands can get really bad. Yeah, man. so it was, uh, that was a little bit, you know, different for me. I, I wasn't that big of a fan. So I'd have to say probably that. Okay, what's yours, Dusty? <laughs> All right, so uh, here in Boise, if you go to this place called Roaring Springs, <laughs> you will see <laughs> oh, God. the worst of the worst tattoos I'm around. sure. And they're generally probably over by the kiddie pool. Yeah. <laughs> or walking mm. to get a big soda refilled <laughs> yeah. for the third time. Yeah. Uh, one uh, of them, Diet Cola, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I think, I think it was supposed to be Kermit the Frog, but it was a uh, location. Oh, sh just okay. the one, okay. but it's right on the shoulder. Not okay. very big. They're from here. We don't give it up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> by the, by, yeah, it's me. No, like by itself. But the, the green was like a dark 
green, so you couldn't really tell. So Kermit went tanning? Yeah, kind of like okay. Kermit went tanning, plus the person <laughs> was a little red sunburned. So. Ayo. But it's just, it's that. There's no background. There was nothing just Kermit. to set it. It was just like Kermit the Frog. I was like, that, yeah. That was one that I kind of looked at, and I was like, I don't even know what you were thinking. Like, you got a tattoo. Congratulations. <laughs> I don't know. I, you can add to it or what? Yeah. But if you the ever need some moments. good good people watching and tattoo looking. Go to a water park? Go to a water park. Okay. Here in, here in Boise, Roaring Springs, always. I mean, you're going to see some awesome ones. Maybe that'll be where the next tattoo convention is. Yeah. It's a tattoo cover-up convention. Oh, gosh. Just just well, free cover-ups all free day. Cover up. And there's, you know, the ones right over the belly yeah, button. Yeah, those are always my favorite. <laughs> One of my favorites, so I, this is a buddy. I'm not going to say his name on here, cause, but he has the Coors Light tattoo on his right butt cheek. Ooh. I know so. who that is. <laughs> yeah, you do. But I'm going to leave that out. <laughs> is it done well? Yeah, no, it looks just like the chorus yeah, logo. See, it's, like it's, okay. it's, it's spot on. Like. Okay, to me, those aren't bad. Those aren't bad tattoos. No, no that's what I'm saying. This is oh, one of my like. Okay. This is one of my like secret favorite ones. Uh, okay, probably most people would hopefully never see. Concerning but. why you've seen it so much, but <laughs> yeah. we'll I've seen it out. one time. Okay, I've got one more for you. Okay, but one like that. So maybe it was three years ago when uh, UMBC took out number one. A sixteen beat a number one yeah, yeah, in the yeah. tournament. Mm -hmm. We were having a little party at my place watching the game. And one of my buddies said, if, if UMBC wins, I'll tattoo the logo right on my butt. Same. Like we were like, okay, totally. Cause what, what do we have to lose? Well, then they got up right. And they were, and he started having some more drinks cause it was going to happen. And <laughs> my son was in there <laughs> and my wife bless her said, Hey, you know, you're going to have to do that. I mean, Ezra's right here watching. You're going to have to follow through, be, be a man of your word. <laughs> and so he totally had to follow through, and he went down that that evening after the game and nice retriever right, <laughs> right on the butt. Um, but it was, it was all about, yeah, I said it. I'm going to stick by it. Yeah, some of those, <laughs> you guys have seen those, you know, the fantasy league bets for uh -huh. the tattoos. Those are gnarly because the guys that win get to pick the tattoo of the loser. Yeah. yeah. So it's, whoever finishes, it's usually whoever finishes last in the league, the winner of the league gets to pick a tattoo, and you don't get to pick the location either. Well, yeah. yeah so out. you hope the dude that wins isn't an asshole Yeah. because you're going to end up with something on, like, your <laughs> forehead. <laughs> Just straight up see if that's it out I'm out forehead. like yeah. I, I'm not even risking that yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not, not that great at <laughs> no or two of your guys get hurt and you're done <laughs> yeah, yeah tattoo yeah. for life well thanks for coming on man I appreciate it yeah thanks for having me man it was awesome yeah first podcast in the books for you yeah it's big time I hope to be on a few more throughout my lifetime yes sir yeah. thank you man Thank you for listening to Break the Mold Podcast. This podcast was produced and edited by Dusty Hamlin with Sideyard Media. If you have any questions about this episode or Tattooed and Successful, please email info at tattooedandsuccessful.com or send us a message on IG at Tattooed and Successful Co.